I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. Today we have a special edition of Outside the Glass. We have four interviews about the Arlen Specter U.S. Squash Center. This is the revolutionary, exciting project that's happening uh, at Drexel University in the Armory Building, the Philadelphia Armory Building. And the project involves uh, U.S. Squash, the governing body of the game, uh, Squash Smarts, the urban squash program that was founded in 2001 in Philadelphia and has been based at Drexel ever since. It involves the city of Philadelphia, the state of Pennsylvania, and Drexel. So a very complicated project. It's going to lead to a 20-court, 65,000-square-foot building uh, facility on the campus of Drexel just a couple blocks from 30th Street Station and School Cool Yards, a, a really exciting development that's happening uh, next door. So uh, we start the interviews with Kevin Klipstein. Kevin's the president and chief executive officer of U.S. Squash. He explains how the the vision of U.S. Squash and the vision of the Spectre Center um, really match up uh, closely and um, how this is going to really transform uh, squash, not only in Philadelphia, but uh, across the nation and really internationally as well. Then we have three interviews, all of which were recorded uh, quite some time ago. Uh, In recent months, U.S. Squash has announced a a lead gift for the center uh, by Tracy and Shane Inspector in honor of uh, Shannon's father, Arlen Specter, the former senator from Pennsylvania and um, a famously avid squash player. Um, so in those interviews, we didn't refer to the center as the Specter Center, uh, but more as the National Center or even the Training Center. Um, and so that shows the evolution of the, of the project and uh, how the vision has kind of coalesced. So we have uh, Ned Edwards uh, speaking, and Ned's the executive director of the Spectre Center, and he's followed by Steve Gregg, who is the executive director of Squash Marts. And coming in at the end is Rich Wade, and Rich is the senior director of national teams at U.S. Squash. So uh, those three people help fill out the picture about the Spectre Center, uh, how it's going to be used, and how it's going to uh, change squash in America. So enjoy the conversations. Kevin, what is the, uh, what's the vision behind the Spectre Center? Well, as an organization, U.S. Squash has had a big increase in clarity in our mission and vision and the organization's core objectives. Our mission, our mission is about encouraging lifelong positive engagement in squash, and our vision is to be the best national sports governing body in the U.S. And when it comes to our organizational objectives, we're connecting all of our activity to access, community, excellence, and sportsmanship. And everything we do is tied directly to those objectives or our overall mission. And about five years ago, an opportunity presented itself related to a national center that the board felt was so disruptive in a positive way that it was something we had to consider very seriously. And while the concept of a national center is not a new one in squash or otherwise, the idea of having one in an ideal location for the sport with transportation, geographically ideal, hotels, restaurants, a supportive partner uh, along the way, 
uh, is something that it was too good to not explore fully. And so what we have now is we have a a center, the Spectre Center, which will be the home for the sport uh, and for U.S. squash. And it'll provide a strong foundation on, on which to build all that we do. Uh, we'll be able to do our work at a higher level, more efficiently, ultimately providing better services and programs and experiences uh, at the center itself, but also as a consequence, uh, be able to do that nationally and support others in doing it all around the country. The uh, center is, um, tell me a little bit about where it is and, and what, what, it, what it's going to look like uh, in a couple of years. Well, it's, it's uh, two blocks from, from the 30th Street Amtrak station in Philadelphia in University City, which is an up-and-coming area uh, right next to Drexel University and University of Pennsylvania. So it's, it's a great location uh, for the sport uh, locally, but also uh, regionally and, of course, nationally and internationally. So uh, the center will have 20 courts. It'll be 18 singles and two doubles. Two of the singles courts will be all glass, full-time exhibition courts, and uh, it'll include our offices, uh, partners' offices. Uh, Squash Smarts uh, will operate out of the center as well, in addition to their North Philly facility. Uh, it will have physio rooms, it will have locker space, and uh, lots of space for viewing. It'll also have the U.S. Squash Hall of Fame and uh, other important exhibits in sportsmanship and featuring other aspects that are important to us. Uh, But when it comes to uh, what the center will allow us to do, it it will be a major step forward in in advancing all of our work against our core objectives. For access, it'll be the first publicly accessible indoor squash facility in the country. It will literally be open to everyone, uh, and it's incredible to think we'll have 20 courts dedicated to showing the world what squash is and and what it can mean for people who play it. For community in every sense of the word, uh, from serving the very local community in a very public way, uh, and also at the national level, we'll build strength through diversity and we'll be facilitating interaction among players from all walks of life, all the time, under one roof, from beginner to elite and all sorts of uh, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. they'll be learning from each other we'll be learning from them uh, as people and as players and administrators and we'll be building community and reinforcing all of our shared values tell me about the armory Uh, it's an incredible uh, building it's uh, it was the first armory building in the state of Pennsylvania it's uh, a huge 40,000 square foot space the drill hall so the history is seems very well aligned to uh, the long history that we have as a sport in this country and also within Philadelphia. Uh, And uh, it's important to us. I mean, people have trained and served and gone off to distant wars in distant countries and died for their countries. So that connection to a national sports governing body, uh, to to such a meaningful, rich history is is important to us and something we'll we'll definitely celebrate. So there's going to uh, be the, the 20 courts there, uh, Drexel's uh, current seven courts, and Penn's 12 courts that they're building. Um, so there's going to be 37 singles courts within a couple blocks of each other. Um, that's going to have a transformative effect on 
the game in the U.S. Uh, how do you see that? Well, as I said, U.S. squash is about lifelong positive engagement in the sport, and a big part of that is delivering great event experiences that people can refer back to for their entire lives. And so we're looking to be able to do that uh, in 37 courts in the immediate three-block area with hotels, restaurants. It's just, it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, I talked about access, talked about community uh, excellence and sportsmanship or the other areas that that we steer all of our programs towards impacting. And, and that speaks for itself in the sense that our national team will be there, uh, our players, the best coaches, and all the additional support that our athletes need to become the best in the world, all under one roof in a comprehensive program. And it also will be a place where we can pilot programs that can benefit programs across the country. And that's an important aspect of excellence. And we'll be able to bring the best coaches and players and talent from around the country and around the world together uh, to learn from them and to expand our world too. So uh, it's going to have a massive impact and the ability to host major events is a big part of that. And then also just to be able to control the environment and address sportsmanship in a way that that we feel is, is very important. Uh, having a home where we can set an example of what our expectation is of our own behavior in the community and operate in a way that's true to our organization's values. And uh, we'll have an exhibit dedicated to sportsmanship and we think it'll serve as a real touchstone for our programming and communication in these issues. You know, there's, there's so many synergies that happen when you have people in the same space. And, um, one of the problems we've always had with these massive tournaments we run, uh, we're all spread out at different clubs, different venues, different facilities, and just to have a place day in and day out where there's a vibrant, you know, series of programs, you know, little kids to old people, everybody in between kind of um, interacting in the same space, uh, people walking out of their offices and having conversations, watching matches, playing matches, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have all these spillover effects uh, for the benefit of the game because we're in one physical space at the same time. That's right. Absolutely. It's, it's, we've, we've lost out on some of those opportunities to this point. It's one of the huge benefits of the sport, it being so international and it being so truly diverse. And to be able to house all of that activity under one roof on a consistent uh, basis over time, will just uh, really multiply the benefits uh, for certain. So it's something that uh, we've, we've jumped about, and um, this vision is becoming a reality now, which is really exciting. Lastly, the uh, U.S. Open, um, the flagship uh, squash tournament um, in the States, is, uh, is going to move there as well. So you're not only going to have you know, amateur events, junior events, uh, masters events, but you're going to have you know one of the great um, uh, squash tournaments, pro pro tournaments in the world um, every year. Right. Well, we we feel like we've been on a vanguard of of how to present live events in squash, and also how it can translate well on television too. And we've done that in partnership with Drexel since 2011. When the center opens, we'll host the championships at the Spectre Center. And we're conceiving the center in a way where it will be a very special experience for those who are able to be part of the live audience. But 
we're also think of it in terms of just being a very large television studio ideal for squash. So we're trying to focus on both aspects of it, the, the live experience, but there's a massive streaming and television audience around the world. And uh, we want to, that to be extended around the world to squash fans, but also to increase the profile of squash even outside of the sport. I'm here with Ned Edwards, and um, Ned is going to give us the elevator spiel for the National Training Center. So, Jim, for the last three and a half months, we've been out all over the country talking to people about the National Squash Center, and it's been incredible how well received it is. And we're focusing on a few main things, what what it does for creating champions, what it can do for Urban Squash's current program, what it can do to expand that mission so that that we're, as David Ford so smartly said, develop skill and enthusiasm across socioeconomic borders for the sport of squash. And almost without exception, people see that this is a point in time for our sport that a national center is just a, a, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful answer. Also, let's talk about the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is going to be a centerpiece of, of the National Center. It, it will be something that we're going to rely on you a lot for to make sure that this thing is alive and interactive, that it doesn't feel musty, that that um, the people who are competing today will look at the Hall of Fame and say, if this game matters that much in the past, what I'm doing right now matters. And it, we, we look to it to be, we'll look to it to be an inspiration for, for kids today. Yeah, in the you said you sort of the the different generations that, that we're we're gonna keep telling the stories, and so that the the next generation knows what happened in the past and values what happens in the past, and know that we're valuing what's what's happening today. That this is what they're doing is in a moment in time, but that it is part of a continuum that that has been cherished. And so that they realize that what they're doing is not just um, the match today, but but is part of a of a of a rich history. And the the urban squash component um, that's going to uh, be connected with uh, Squash Mart's uh, the 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 Philadelphia um, urban program. Yeah, Squash Mart's will naturally be the the driver of what we do with with urban squash at the National Center because of. The National Center's location at 30th Street Station with a subway right nearby, with the universities. We're hoping that we can expand what Squash Marts does and indeed what Urban Squash is able to offer the community. But but really, we want to make sure that Nusia will look to the National Center as their center so that if we can play host to their team championships, to their individual championships, if we can get their top kids from around the country to come in and train at our at our um, U.S. training camps, that's what we want. So that that these kids can not only appreciate squash and the mentoring that they that they get in their different chapters, but rather they can say, "Oh, you know what? I might be a champion in the sport," and and we can start to see some champions come out of Nusia. Right, and we've seen that already, and that's sort of been by happenstance and, and luck. And uh, this would be a more deliberative way of of really trying to groom. Uh, groom players to uh, to excel at, at, at the sport. 
we want them to, we want them to feel embedded in in what's required to make a champion not that they get exposed to it for a weekend mm. or a week but rather that they they see oh yeah this is this is um this is a a, a big time commitment and here's what's involved and and I'm going to take it on and with um uh 18 singles and two dubs there's going to be a lot of tournaments uh, being hosted there, adult tournaments, junior tournaments. I mean, this is going to be the hub of the game, um, you know, for the country. We we hope to host all of the major U.S. national championships at the at the center, but it's not just the 18 courts and the two doubles there. But but Drexel still has seven of their own courts. Penn will have 12 of their courts with their new facility. So we'll have 37 courts within three blocks. So for the the really large volume junior events that have a thousand plus kids, they won't be playing all over the state of Connecticut or the state of Massachusetts. They'll be able to stay in University City. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I, I remember driving uh, around at the national high schools in uh, in Connecticut and I had to drive from Wesleyan to Choate to Trinity and, and all in one day to coach my teams and uh, be a lot easier to be able to walk. Well, for the international coaches, this is implausible. They they can't bring they can't bring over three or four kids, and have them just as you described all over the state of Connecticut. Yeah. They, it, it just can't work. Yeah. So this solves that problem, and that's important for us. So I'm here with Steve Gregg, the executive director of Squash Smarts, the urban squash program in Philadelphia. Steve, why are we trying to build a, a training center? Uh, national uh, Squash Center. So when Squash Marts first got brought into this conversation, um, Andy Nairbars, our board president, and myself were extremely excited about the concept of a National Squash Center. I think it's the next evolution uh, in the game of squash to bring together uh, the college community under John Fry's leadership, um, the national governing body under Kevin Klipstein's uh, leadership, um, to bring urban squash into the mix, uh, to potentially have the designations as an Olympic training center into the mix. It's just, it's the coming together of every portion of the squash community. And um, as, as I visualize what this will do for the game and for really the children, which is my most um, sort of precious involvement in this, is to have Todd Harity grow up next to Tempest Bowden. To have two kids from two different communities have the exact same resources, one from um, sort of the suburban Philadelphia scene, another from uh, the West Philadelphia scene, and to really just come together, play together, uh, develop sportsmanship and character together, uh, and to have the access to some incredible coaching and incredible opportunities. So there's there's sort of two components to how this could affect your daily life. One is that Squash Smarts will have a second campus and expand the number of kids and staff that are involved, uh, you know, on a year round basis with, uh, squash marts. Right. So, so you have, you have a, a, a number of kids who are going to be able to get access to this incredible program. And then in addition, you're going to be helping with hundreds of kids coming in. Like how, how's that, how are those two components? And, and tell me about the second component. Cause I, I don't really understand how that's going to work with, you know, urban kids, public school kids, kids in Philadelphia, and does Squash Marts have anything to do with helping program that? Yeah, so at its core, 
Squash Marts, which is now uh, entering its sort of uh, 17th year of existence, uh, has been primarily focused on uh, a deep dosage model of working with kids for a very long period of time from very targeted uh, public schools in, in West Philadelphia and North Philadelphia. Um, Squash Marts would not exist without Drexel University. We've been there now our entire lifespan. And it's been an incredible partnership. And we have focused on really three or four specific schools in the district. Um, Our most recent conversation uh, with the school district and a gentleman named Jimmy Lynch, who's their athletic director there, uh, we're beginning to discuss, and they're very much embracing the idea that we can offer many, many more kids um, access to this great sport. Uh, You're dealing with a school district of 163,000 children in Philadelphia public schools, uh, many of whom do not have an opportunity to participate in a sport. And that was one of the impetuses for Squash Marts' existence. So on the one hand, we will grow our mission and serve uh, anywhere from uh, probably another 100 to 150 kids in the program specifically under our model. But we're also taking a cue from things like national junior tennis and junior hockey and junior swimming. How do we get more kids just exposed to the game? Um, So if we can grow the layer of the pyramid at the bottom and get kids in kindergarten all the way through fifth, uh, exposed to the sport of squash, it's only going to lead to bigger and better things for the game and ultimately to uh, more knowledge about Squash March's specific program, which ultimately leads to better resources, both wisdom, wealth, and work that can come into our program. I mean, it seems like we're at a real uh, uh, changing, you know, linchpin moment where the inflection point, the game is going to totally change Philadelphia is going to change. Squash Mars is going to change. I mean, it, we're, it's, it's going to have these uh, rippling effects out that we don't even know how, how, how incredible, how profound the change will be 5, 10, 15 years from now. Um, I mean, it's really exciting. Yeah. In, in talking with Ned Edwards, and, and frankly, um, you need someone who wakes up every single morning. Uh, making this their project. And this has become Ned Edwards' project. And he obviously is one of the greats of the game, but he has such a wonderful approach to bringing people together in a collaborative um, uh, sort of effort. Um, Sports-based youth development uh, is becoming um, very intentional. Uh, I would say that youth sports is very much where early childhood education was 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, Funders, community members are taking more notice of sports and the power of it. And this is only going to thrust squash more into that scene and more into that conversation. Um, I've been fortunate to help create and be on the board of the Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative, which is trying to represent uh, organizations such as Squash Marts, but programs that use sports intentionally around character development, life skill development, education development. And so in terms of if, if the National Center only perpetuates uh, the game of squash inside the walls, I, I think it's missed its, its ultimate potential. It should have that ripple effect. There should be more programs that are spawned because of this National Center in, in our city, whether parochial schools, public schools, private schools generate new programs, um, and also in our region. Uh, so I'd like to see there be a ripple effect and the game itself grow that can then feed the National Center. Okay, I'm here with Rich Wade. Rich, tell us about the uh, the training center, national center, and and how that'll affect uh, Team USA and in, in you know your job specifically. It's obviously going to be transformative for the sport of squash, um, not just in this country, but hopefully across the world in terms of a world leading uh, training center. But specifically for uh, the role that I'm in and with Team USA, um, it gives us the opportunity to. 
um, do what we're preaching, which is change the culture of the of the national team and really create that winning mentality, um, which um, currently is done on a satellite basis with nearly all of our athletes that we fund in a different state or even a different country, and um, this uh, you know gives us a home for national team squash and um, brings it all under one roof, uh, which I think is exciting and. Um, what a lot of other countries do, but mm. we uh, we need to learn from various positives and negatives from other countries and and uh, amalgamate it here in, mm. in Philadelphia. How's it going to work with Drexel and the 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 partnerships that we'll have once these athletes are you know living in Philadelphia, based here, training here? How how how, how do you envision that? Yeah, um, I think that's probably key to. One of the reasons of moving here is access to a lot of the facilities that we uh, that we see here at Drexel University. Um, we are already working with um, their sports psychologists, their sports nutritionists. Uh, so I just see this as an extension of that in in some ways, mm-hmm. where we bring the squash expertise component, right. um, but with that um, will will come all the exterior uh, services that that we want to be able to provide for the athletes. Yeah. Uh, the way the system works now is we fund them to provide them an opportunity to do that on their own. But they have to figure it out on their own. Correct, right. yeah. yeah. So, you know, inversely, what we would like to see is for us to um, allow them simply to focus on themselves and their development and not have to worry about who's going to be responsible for that. Right, managing their career. Correct, yeah. yeah. The um, One of the things about having a center is that you don't even know what will happen with having people there, the, 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 the conversations, the, the, the random uh, uh, things that will come about because you're bumping into somebody, the improvisation of yeah. life. You know, all these athletes are all around the country, all around the world, not bumping into each other. And, and you know, we're not sure how this will happen in a concrete sense, but you know that you're going to have these conversations, you know, while you're waiting to get on court or, you know, at the end of the day, that just because everybody is in one place. Yeah, totally. And uh, coming from the UK and, and actually seeing that firsthand, you mm-hmm. know, you sit in a squash club, whether it be Pontefract, Chapel Allerton, Abbeydale, um, doesn't matter where you are, you've got the up-and-coming pros training before or after some of the more experienced mm-hmm. pros. Right. And it's... Uh, there's a level of osmosis taking place where that learning is just passed on yeah. um, to right. the point if you're a new uh, a new touring pro, you don't necessarily know which tournaments to enter. Right. You don't know the system, how to right. pull out, when to pull out. Right. Um, and so uh, we need to create that here. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. Squash Academy was kind of step one for us because right. we had some of our EAP athletes there with the college players. Right. And then obviously the junior players could look up to the college players. So that was the first time right. we really had uh, all three major sectors together yeah. with juniors. And you saw that with these sort of conversations, you know, one-on-one, three-on-two, people just sort of, you know, talking away about about little things that can really make a big difference. Definitely. There's only so so much that we can say as coaches and try and mm. lead them to the place where we think they need yeah. to be. Right. Sometimes they need to actually discover that on their own and and then they can come back to us with a little more guided thought mm. uh, instead of just such a blank canvas. Right, right. 
and that was a two week academy and this would be you know 52 weeks and and uh and that you know be a, you know you you're not even going to know how all these conversations are going to you know exactly. really solidify help develop these these players yeah yeah it's you, you try and catch lightning in a bottle mm. for 2 weeks and hope to make a huge difference right. knowing that actually it there's only so much that you can do in those yeah. two weeks, but right. you know Gilly Lane, who um, coordinated the, the structure of the program, and with Paul Asiante, it really left us thinking. Imagine what we could do if this was every day of the year versus right. two weeks in right. the summer, and right. um, you know that's only made us more um, encouraged about the potential yeah. of a national yeah. training centre. Well, in the other countries that you mentioned, you know France, um, Qatar, like you know other countries have training centers where they're you know the national team is working and, the, and a lot of players are based there but none of them have a 20 court 20 singles court facility like where they can really just accommodate a, a massive uh, number of players yeah yeah and, and i think the reason that that is exciting for us is the ability to have a cross-section of athletes yeah. so that it's never just one grouping at any one time right. Right. Um, and I think there will be some international influence. You know, yeah. it looks like we'll be able to have uh, a certain number of U.S. players, but try and attract some touring pros that um, right. are playing the U.S. circuit, right? Uh, and that could actually help um, improve the level of yeah. training, right? So, uh, and you're going to have junior kids playing there. You're going to have tr- junior tournaments and collegiate matches, and and you're going to have a whole panoply of events going on. That these guys will, you know, be watching and you know helping, and there'll be this um, convergence of all these ages and, and abilities all, all in one spot. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know that's what's uh, exciting for us is because I don't know that that's actually been done before. Right, um, it hasn't as far as I. I mean, you never see that where it's like every week there'll be something going on in addition to the training. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, you can often think, well, perhaps that's too much structure, and there needs mm. to be a little bit more. You know, this has to be a little bit more natural. Yeah. You can only right. provide so much structure. Yeah, they're going to have to learn on their own. But yeah, I think what we're doing is providing an opportunity yeah. and a platform for success. Yeah, and we don't expect them to stay at the squash facility forever. Right, it's more setting them up for future years. Yeah. Yep. Um, and giving them yep. a platform to build upon yep. as they go later into yep. their careers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, it it's going to transform your your life. I mean, you're already based here in Philadelphia, but to to uh, to have a gorgeous new facility with so many people coming and going, and you're gonna you're gonna be busy. Yeah. Well, I hope so. <laughs> That's why I've been here. Uh, the junior system, mm. you know, is uh, is about as far as we can take it in terms of programming and structure yeah. Yeah. and that's going to set us up for what we hope is future success yeah. Yeah. Um, where where they funneled into was key and that's why we created the elite athlete program yeah. of which we fund eight athletes um, but this just takes it to another level and um, and really brings their development in-house yeah. and we can have uh, we can take a little more responsibility for it while yeah. uh, you know with with the goal in mind of always being on the podium. And- I was about to say that's I mean it's interesting, you know, for years we've had incredible athletes play on Team USA squads, go to world championships. Um but all of them, all of them, you know, turned pro on their own, you know, made that decision, figured out how to do it, start going out on the tour. 
and we didn't have a, a guiding help. You know, there was there was no system. It was it was purely individual. And um, we've always said, wow, if we ever actually had a system where we were working with juniors and and working with them uh, through the college years and 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 when they're that age and and all the way um, into being professional, imagine how much uh, more we can achieve. We're very lucky. I know people often say, oh, well, you have success because you've got the best coaches in the world and all the ex-pros are going there. Yep. And that's true to a certain extent. But if we aren't able to capture those coaches yep. and give them opportunities like heading to the British Junior Open with 50 juniors. And 10 coaches. And 10 <laughs> coaches. And giving them a little sense of belonging, yep. then this wouldn't be able to happen. Right. You know, but... Um, we've managed to capture them and yeah. make them feel like they're a part of the solution, right. um, which I think was key. Uh, we simply can't coach that many kids with uh, U.S. squash staff, staff members alone. That's right. And so, um, yeah. you know, it's a unique situation, uh, but given sort of the lack of government funding and we're very different to other countries, right. it's made us be creative. And in that way, um, you know, and swimming against the tide somewhat we've actually come out as a much stronger unit and program and we all feel a sense of belonging you know when an Andrew Douglas of the world has those results I know that every coach that has helped him along the way has that sense of pride and belonging to those yep. results that's right and I and we hope that that's what we're creating and we're going to continue to yeah um, yeah as you said a lot of the athletes that we have had in the past and some current athletes that are towards the end of their careers, we've never actually helped right. in a programmatic way. Right. Outside the Glass would like to thank Grant Irving, our producer, who's now moving into his fourth year producing uh, these podcasts, as well as Laurel Hawley, who is our social media director. And we'd like to thank everybody who has reviewed and commented uh, about the podcast on um, Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate that. And all uh, those who are spreading the news on social media and uh, in person uh, about Outside the Glass. Tune in next month. It's going to be a very, uh, very different uh, show, but extremely powerful um, uh, story about an individual match that uh, changed the lives of the, of the two players. Talk to you then.